Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The best part of spring cleaning is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless, and then Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data, unlimited talk and text, delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone and any Mint Mobile plan and bring your own phone number. Along with your existing contacts, ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. My team here, they're on Mint Mobile and they like it. For a fraction of the cost, Mint Mobile proves to have excellent coverage with no drop calls or unsent texts. Plus, they make it super easy for me to activate my device just by following a few simple steps online. And bam, done. To get this new customer offer and the new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash literally. That's mintmobile.com slash literally. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash literally. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey, look at that handsome scoundrel. Who's that in the background? Oh, we got all kinds of people here today because my sons have deigned to join me because we love you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Boys, say hi. What's up? Good looking group. Handsome jeans. Thank you. They were curious to see if your hair had grown back or if you were still going with the pit bull thing. No. That was just for the show. It was not a sustainable look or lifestyle. I look like Pitbull drowned. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Literally with me, Rob Lowe. It's a big day because my sons, Matthew and John Owen, are so excited about today's guest that they are here with me. All the people, I've had cool people on the show. They could care less. I don't even think you listen to this podcast, to be totally honest. I know my wife doesn't, but they're here because we have Eric Andre, who we are, the low boys are obsessed with, and I'm calling myself a boy. Um, we, we love the Eric Andre show. It's, if you haven't seen it, it's on Adult Swim. It's hilarious. It's it's fifth season just came out. And it is everything that I love about comedy, where you watch it and you go, who thought of this? And more importantly, who paid for this? It's it is the 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 definition of subversive and cutting edge and silly and smart and profoundly stupid all at the same time which is a wonderful concoction. And I can't wait to get into um, how his mind works and um, how he came up with this crazy show. Um, so stay tuned. Me and Eric Andre with uh, the Low Boys um, being super fans in the background coming up. So that wasn't a bald, you weren't wearing a bald cap. That You actually shaved your head for your show. That's... Shaved, shaved my head, nared my legs, waxed my pubis. The pubis even? I waxed my pubis, my pelvic bone. My anus and testicles didn't hurt as much as the front part of my pubis. The front part? <laughs> Not the middle part of the back part. The front part. What would be the front, the front part? I can't even imagine. Above my, above my penis, below my belly button. That mid-range was excruciating. 
But it is a big part of your show sometimes to reveal, to reveal your not only your innermost person, but your actual bot, nude body. I've seen it with yes. my own eyes. Yes, yes. My body uh, is a communion to the people. It is. And I find that s- some people are more into it than others. <laughs> yeah, and you never know until you show. That's our motto on the Eric Andre Show. Do you ever have a sense when you book a guest, you're like, oh, yes, this is going to be great. And then you're surprised or not surprised or... Really, the best people to prank on Earth are gay men and black women. They are the most emotionally uh, emotive. Maybe that's a ridiculous Gay men, black women. Gay men and black black women do not reserve their emotions. They They do not suppress their emotions. They wear their emotions on their sleeve. And that's great for a prank show because... Um, they they tell me to fuck off with no hesitation. So you'll see this season, it's a lot of gay men <laughs> black women <laughs> in the chair. <laughs> you don't want like a you don't want like a stuffy old white British guy like a businessman because they'll be like, well, oh, that's weird. I'm, I'm I'm gonna exit frame. You want like a an Olympic figure skater to be like, oh my god! <laughs> you want that reaction now. When you when you prank someone, just to, on a technical level, this I always think it's interesting to tell people who don't know how TV is made. We just assume everybody knows how TV is made because we've been doing it for so long. But to get them on the show after you prank them, you've got to get them to sign the release, right? And if they don't, then you just got to like pixelate their faces out. How does that work? Yeah. So when we do hidden camera pranks in the streets, you get there, you, you have to ask them to sign the release afterwards because obviously you don't want to let them know that they're on camera until the prank's over. Right. But for the guests that we prank in the studio, the cameras are overt. It's part of the conceit that it's just like a regular wacky talk show. But then, so they, they, they're pre released, they sign ahead of time. Yeah. Right. So um, then, uh, then we set off explosives. And, and whatnot and release release cockroaches is there someone underneath the chair a lot is that what it what goes one on to, with the guest one chair? To, yeah we, we have we, we have people underneath it we built the the stage up on like a riser this yeah. year so that we could we had like a whole career our entire art department was living underneath the guests perineum for most of the uh good <laughs> most of this season <laughs> um, the best part of this podcast most part of this podcast is that to the Left of me is your producer is just laughing at what I, and it really does help my. It does help feel comfortable, but they're si- they're silent, they're muted, but they're laughing. Like usually the producers, like they get the ball rolling, then they hop off. They're just chilling, but I actually like it because I'm not that funny. So I need they're actually that's why me, they're actually that's, comforting in a way. That's why they're there. I, I we because when we were starting <laughs> the podcast, we had a whole discussion about it, and I was like, no. I, I like to see you s- sort of half laughing. It makes me go, okay, I'm on a good track or other yeah. eyes are glazing over. I got to move on to something else. <laughs> it's a good barometer. It really is. Where are, where are you? You're in Malibu. Are you in Malibu? No, no. I'm in, I'm in uh, Santa Barbara. Where, where you are you? Grew, you grew, you grew up in the boo though, right? I did. Oh, the boo. Are you familiar with the boo? Well, you. Well, I heard you in an interview say that Malibu used to be working class, like firefighters lived out there. It wasn't like yeah. Shishi or, or Richie Rich. It was just kind of like old school. And I can't, ima- yeah. I can't fathom that. Well, like um, Martin Sheen, who's lived there since 1974, bought his house for thirty five thousand dollars. How is that possible? What, when did when did rich people find out about it? I guess because Topanga Canyon is the same thing, where it was like. It was like hippies could afford to live out there. And hippies can't even afford to, you know, live in a, a house. Well, I remember when um, I kind of started with Bob Dylan secretly bought up a bunch of ranch houses under a phony name so people wouldn't know uh, it was him. And then he built a ginormous compound. And then um, Johnny Carson uh, did did the same. And that sort of started... The big Did time the rich celebrity people live in Beverly Hills in the seventies, and then like it was working class yeah. people out in Malibu, and then the rich people figured out like this is amazing. That's right. 
That's right. So you, Malibu- had a be- you had a beautiful childhood. Your childhood was cinematic. It was cinematic. Well, there were always um, some famous people there, but they were like iconoclastic weirdos. Like you would see Bruce Dern running the Pacific Coast Highway in dolphin shorts, oiled up every day on your way into, or, or, you know, um, Chevy Chase would rent a beach house during the, the time when he was debating whether to return to SNL and sort of trip on acid and stare at the ocean. <laughs> so there was always cool shit going on, but the people who actually lived there and made the place go were, were firefighters and, you know, and architects and just regular, regular people. And, and like anything else, it's when the suits came in, that's when it, it's like anything else. The minute the suits come in, everything it's changes. Over. Yeah. So now you're in Santa Barbara. Yep. Because it's it's kind of when I had uh, kids, I wanted to have the boys have the sort of a similar thing where not every single person is involved in show business. Because right. I remember I remember when when Matthew, my oldest, was uh, we were trying to find a preschool for him, and I was asking around in L.A. about preschools, and someone said, "Oh, you really need to talk to Mike Ovitz, who is then the head of the creative artist agency and the most powerful agent." I thought, if I have to live in a town where I have to talk to my agent to get my kid into preschool, uh, I, I'm going <laughs> to blow my brains out. So I moved. That's what I did. Smart. That was it. Now, where where are you right right as we speak? Are you in Topanga? Did you I, say? I, no, no, no. I'm on Adult Swim. I can't afford. I'm on basic cable at four in the morning during boner pill commercials. Um, I, I'm in Echo Park, which is the Topanga Canyon of the East. Yeah, Topa- Echo Park's like a lot of berets and fedoras, right? Is that a what? The, that's what I think of when I think of Echo of Fra- Park. Yeah, a lot of a lot of French revolutionaries and Algerian separatists. <laughs> no, no fedora. No, no fedoras out here. But simply no. fedorable. That's what my friend Derek says. Um, <laughs> Simply uh, adorable. Yeah, no, that's more like turn of the last century Paris. Mm. I don't know why I thought a, a lot it of was. People, people get that confused a lot. Yeah. 1920s Paris with with 2020 Echo Park. Does nobody smoking Gaulois and like waxing poetic about socialism uh, uh, and going to the coffee house uh, there? Yeah, yes, yes. There is waxing poetic. Yeah, there are hipsters. There are waxing. That's poetic. all I'm saying. Oh, no, that's no. all. That's all a, I'm saying. But a but a beret is more of a beatnik. There's a nuance yes. there that I, there's a nuanced distinction there that I want to. Okay, get what's the <laughs> Okay, so your your prank is you're playing a uh a, a, a current contemporary of the moment hipster. What would be the wardrobe? I, I think I'm wearing it right now. I think I'm <laughs> playing that role 24/7. Unfortunately. <laughs> the headphones give it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what else is interesting? Um, you and I both were raised in households with psychiatrists. Really? Your mom or your dad? My stepfather. Really? And so that I, was yours as weird as mine was? My Yes, he's still weird. He uh, he is in outer space. Oh, yeah. Dad. He's like on a moonbeam. There's, there's no... There's he's unpredictable. I put it like that. <laughs> did did you did you wake up on Saturday mornings and want to go watch cartoons, but you had to be quiet because there was a patient in no, like another pa- part he, of the house. No, he didn't see patients in the house, and he didn't bring his work home with him, so he never psychoanalyzed me or anything. And he's a psychiatrist. He's more of a drug dealer. Than, uh, mm-hmm. than like he's not Freudian. He's not like tell me how, what your childhood was like because he was um, shaping it. But uh, no, <laughs> no patient, no patients in the house, and he and he really didn't really want to talk about work when he got home. I would like try to pull it out of him, but he only wants to talk about basketball and politics. It's the only two things. Really, I did. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I I had I had the exact opposite. I had like he, he was Jungian. So there's a lot of like, what were your, tell me your dreams. Well, I'd want to be a baseball player. No, no, no. I mean, did you dream of your mother or whatever? It was like that kind of. That's kind of cool. Yeah. My dad's from a third world country. My dad's from the Caribbean too. So he's more, 
he's he's Haitian, so he's more Haitian than a psychiatrist. So like Haitians <laughs> are only like they only talk about politics, sports, or women. So I don't think he wanted to talk about women with his son. Um, but he definitely all, only obsessed over politics and, and basketball. That was his. He was he was Haitian before he was a psychiatrist. But yeah, he wasn't. He's oddly like anti-therapy. One time I was like, Dad, I got I was like talking on the phone with him. I was like, Dad, I got to hop off. I just pulled up to my therapist. And he goes, therapy? Pfft, those people just tell you what they want to, what you want to hear. And I was like, you're anti-therapy and you're a psychiatrist? And he's like, ha, ha. And I was like picking his brain about Sigmund Freud one time. And he goes, Freud? That guy was a cokehead. He's like, he's very anti-therapy for being a psychiatrist. I was like, who do you send your patients to when they're like, I need therapy in conjunction with my medicine? Uh, so I don't know. He's on a moonbeam. I can't. Were you ever were you ever tempted to steal his in the triplicate? I love that I knew that that's what that was. The triplicate is the prescription pad that has three different levels that you sign to get the drugs. Oh, wow. You talk to your father, your stepdad more than I talk to my father. Uh no, I wasn't that smart, and I wasn't into pills until later in my adult life when I really needed them. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, now I have every member of the benzodiazepine family in my medicine cabinet. But, Good. Um, but uh, no, I was kind of a teetotaler. I smoked pot when I was young and, like, a hit of acid every now and again. But, like, that, I, I wasn't, like... I was a little scared of pills. Mm. But then 2020 quarantine hit, and now I'm like Waylon Jennings over here. I mean, I'm on the Johnny Cash diet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, that may, I, think, I think you're not alone. I think a lot <laughs> oh of people. My God. We're toiling. I mean, what do we do besides drink and eat pills? It's dangerous, but it's passing the time. I'll tell you that. Yeah. What is your regimen? How, how did you age... So well, my, the other half of me is Jewish, so we do not age well. What is going? <laughs> John Stewart has the best joke. John Stewart said, "Jews age like avocados. Like you, like you get guacamole, it's all green. You turn around, you order nachos, and then you turn back to the bowl of guacamole. It's like brown and soggy. And <laughs> what do you do? You got lotion? Do you eat salad? Is it just genetic? I, is your I is, do was, not, your, was I do. your father handsome as shit? Was he a silver fox into his old age or?" Well, all of the all of the above are true. My my dad is is eighty one and looks twenty years younger. Um, and there's a lot of lotion on. I have my own skincare line, so uh, you know a lot of it's that. And and I take care of myself. But um, yeah, it's um, a lot of it's genetics, really. Do do you drink? Do you drink alcohol? I'm sober thirty years. That helps. That, that helps. it does. I mean, first of all, it, it helps because. When I drank, it always led to mayhem, which probably would have killed me if I'd have kept it up. Yeah. But also just in the yeah. ca- the calorie intake. Think of it that way. It's like yeah. you start you start having that gra- glass of red wine every every night after work, and then maybe one of the. I mean, that's that adds up over the years. It really does. Yeah, but it's fun. It's a lot of. It fun. It is fun. Let me tell you, Just I loved it out. when I did it. I I mean, I, did you do coke? Oh yeah. Did you used to do bro, you were a coke bro. guy too? Look here, let's do the math. <laughs> I was I was a teen or, or a heartthrob in show business in the nineteen eighties. Did I do Coke? Let me think about that. What? Hmm. Um but, but see, people forget what well, here's what people forget about Coke is when it first came out, people thought it was good for literally good for you. They were like, oh no, right. it makes you it's like Sigmund Freud. He was no dummy. He did yeah. coke. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and then it took years for the for the wreckage of that to get into the culture, and people were like, eh, maybe that's not a good idea. But when I came up, that was a sign that you were a running with the right, the cool crowd, right. and that you were successful. That's what right. you did. You went to the Laker game, and you, you and Jack Nicholson went to a little broom closet together, and you know. You're Gosh. happening in show business. Gosh. That's what it was like. What a I mean, life. What a life. Who doesn't, who doesn't want to, I mean, why go to the Laker games if you can't be on Coke in your good seats? Yeah, I mean, you're making a lot of sense right now. Aren't I, though? I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that. 
Now ask me about my show. I've interrupted you 15 times. No, 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 because it's a a drug question. (laughs) When I watch the show, I feel like I can smell pot smoke sometimes. Am I just imagining that there's a lot of pot? Going on? I'm I'm not a big pot guy. Pot makes me. I smoke, but I smoke just a little bit before bed. I watch TV and then I go to sleep. It doesn't. I. I it makes me very antisocial and it kind of gets me in my head. It just. It doesn't totally hit me right. Uh, uh, really, the the big um, drug of choice, especially in the writers' room, is coffee. It yes. Oh, it is. A, it is a caffeinated show, but yeah. it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, like any anything, any drug harder than coffee, we we won't last. Like Adderall, kind of, it makes me, me like kind of grind my teeth, and and it kind of makes me crash. And um, Coke is too uh, fleeting. Expensive in my experience. Too expensive. Too, too expensive. Too fleeting. Yeah. You're on, like you said, you're on you're on Adult Swim. You can't afford Coke. <laughs> yeah, we can't afford Coke. We can't afford Coke. Um. So really, yeah, the the main drug of choice on set is coffee. My, I'm. It's a little bit of a deep dive, but my favorite thing of yours has to be the octopus when he went into the restaurant. <laughs> I cannot believe I'm hearing this. From Rob Lowe, <laughs> a man who well, is an institution. It's well, and, and it's and my boys are the ones who like continually come here, come back, come on in here, guys. <laughs> like Don't your, knock that around. I like your, that on the carpet. <laughs> your son's um, lurking in the corner. They're like, of the frame. They're, they're, there they are. I, uh, we've never come down for any guest on his podcast. If that really, I'm, I am flattered. Thank yeah. you. They could care less. They could, they're like, they're like, Gwyneth Paltrow, get her out of here. They're like, Demi Moore, Magic Johnson. No, <laughs> they don't even know you're an actor. They have no idea what no. you do. They think, no. they think you're in real estate or something. <laughs> no, they, they're the ones who want to know about the, well, the octopus. I'm the octopus. The octopus was I like, so was um, a pain in the ass to shoot. We almost got arrested and, and. I just hate like that. That costume is very uncomfortable, and I think we destroyed it after season four. So we it didn't make a return season five, <laughs> and also also the um, the little people that were my tentacles were not happy with that bit. I, I don't think that some some of them were happier than others. So I don't think they knew how violent it was going to get because people were getting very upset with us. <laughs> it, <laughs> the octopus. <laughs> Who comes? Who comes up with that? You're in, you're not on pot. No one's high when they come up with the well, idea. Well, I mean, we're high come on. eventually. We're high at, towards the end of the day. I'd say. Um, uh, oh, Dan Curry, my writing partner, came up with that. Who's who's the uh, like uh, my my co writer on the show? EP. Uh, very very probably the funniest person I know. But um, he just came out. He like. His eyes were rolling in the back. It was when we were like exhausted at the end of the day in a, in a writer's room. You know, we, we only have like a few good hours in the morning. Then after lunch, we're, we're like not worth the shit. And uh, yeah, and we were we were just at that final hour of exhaustion in the writer's room. And he just started speaking in this like octopus talk in this like weird <laughs> like Alice in Wonderland character type <laughs> octopus talk. And we we started watching all these videos of like oct- octopuses. It's not octopi, which I just found out. Octopuses hmm. um, unscrewing jars that had food in it and they're really smart and scientists study them because they have like this alien kind of thought pattern. And so we just thought it'd be super funny to have this like pretentious octopus that was just like this like kind of debutante <laughs> aristocrat character. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to ask Dan. I, I can't take credit for that. It's all him. But it's, uh, it's too funny. Maybe we'll bring, maybe we'll bring back the octopus. I don't know why we go. I want to do something with the octopus. I want to do something with the octopus. I wish you came on the show. Why don't you come on the show? I will. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. I'm in. So I'm. I'm officially in. I'm saying yes. I want to. I want to. I want to be in. Um, Beautiful. What? Who does? Okay. The other thing I love is who's mixing your show. Who's doing the sound effects? And oh, that's it. That's my editors. So we have. 
Yeah, we have a team of editors that are. They're really funny. It, the sound, the sound effects. They make the show. Um, they make the show. And and just the stupid shit like the laser beams and freeze frames coming out of people's eyes and it, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Did you yeah. ever know the show Wonder Chosen? Yeah, I, I'm buddies with those guys. I'm working with them on a project. John and Vernon. Those yeah, guys are, that um, huge huge influence on on my show. I was going to say, it feels like a companion piece to Wonder Chosen, which is all totally. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite things that ever existed. One of the best. One of the best shows of all time, for sure. Nothing's like People it. out there listening, if you've never heard of Wonder Chosen, and I promise you, you haven't, three people in the world knew about it, but the three people who love it, love it. Where would, where yeah. can you even see Wonder Chosen now? You can, you can, I have the DVDs. You can watch it. I'm sure you can watch it online i'm sure you can download it on yeah. itunes yeah it's an mtv show so wherever you can buy mtv shows you can buy wonder shows the, the sad thing is that they got slapped on mtv too no no marketing behind it no no nobody promoted it nobody watched mtv too i feel <laughs> like they would have done so much better on adult swim but i don't think that they could even rerun an adult swim because one's owned by turner and one's viacom so but whatever, that's me getting corporate. But um, yeah, that's one of the best shows of all time. Huge influence, oh. for sure. Fat, I think it's the fastest show on television. It's like each segment is just like one joke and then they keep it moving, which I love, the, you know. And I love, and you're working with them. What it, Can you tell me what you're working on? I cannot. And I probably ah! you know, said that. <laughs> I definitely. Oh, we've got a scoop. But, <laughs> Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Summer is almost here. Are you ready to throw open your windows or throw them away? If they're drafty, foggy, or impossible to clean, talk to your friends at Window World. Window World specializes in home transformation with beautiful, energy-efficient windows, entry doors, and siding, featuring Energy Star certification and the good housekeeping seal. Call 1-800-WINDOW-WORLD Schedule your free consultation and tell them you heard about it here on Literally with Rob Lowe. Window World, America's exterior remodeler. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. Shopping for humans is hard. Shopping for your dog is easy. Thanks to Bark. Every month, we deliver toys and treats just for your pup. They deserve to be spoiled every month. At Bark, we send your dog a whole collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's our fun plush toys or our ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, we give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, we will double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com Rob. BarkBox is so convenient and delivers straight to your door and more importantly, right to your dog. I can't wait to try out BarkBox. My dogs need their toys, particularly the chewable toys. Sign up now at BarkBox.com slash Rob for an exclusive offer. This ad is now over. 
Let's get back to petting our dogs. Have you ever have you ever fell off the wagon or came close to slipping? And how do you uh, behave yourself? Um, I've been lucky that I have not. Um, I think part of it was when I was when I was done on my uh, my my campaign of alcohol um, and all of it. I I was I was really done. I mean, I was I was done. I'd ha- I yeah. I'd ridden that horse as far as I could. I'd had a blast. I don't, I don't regret any of it. In fact, I look back fondly actually on a lot of it and I was just done. I, um, I, 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 my life wasn't working the way I wanted it to work anymore. And I knew the reason that it wasn't was in a large part because of that. And I was lucky enough to know. Were you sober on Wayne's world or was that? I just gotten sober on Wayne's world. That was the beginning. That was the beginning of your sobriety. Yep. I, I, I was hard. Was it hard being on set and having the pressure of being on set sober? Because I know a lot of people, a lot of actors drink to kind of self-medicate and calm their nerves, even while they're filming. I was the opposite. I was, I never was, I never did any of that when I worked. It was when I had free time, free Uh time, an idle mind and free time have always been my enemy. Uh-huh. Like I, I'm, I'm good when you the were chips like are down. Boker, back to the, like you know. sipping whiskey out of a flask between, between takes. Oh, With it's Tia amazing. I, we had, I we had Tia, we had Tia Carrere, not Carrera, Carrera. I heard Carrere. I heard pronouncing her her name wrong for thirty years. We had Tia on this season. I don't know if her episode aired yet. I think it's episode uh, airing uh, Sunday. Actually, your co-star. See, this is perfect kismet. I'm yes. okay, I don't I don't want you to ruin the episode, but I'd like to know. Uh we we sent her to the moon. We sent Good. her to the moon. She was like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> We had explosives going off and I was firing real guns and stuff like that. She was like not prepared. <laughs> That's so even at this rate, when people have an idea of what the show is, you still get people who aren't really prepared. Or do you have to feel like you have to up yourself every time? Yeah, a little bit of both. I always feel like I have to outdo the previous season. But uh, we kind of just intentionally cast people that would probably never have seen the show or heard of Adult Swim. And do you have a list? Oh, then that's – by the way, I love that. That would be a good parlor game. Boys, we should do this later. Um <laughs> Let's make a list of people who have never heard of Adult Swim. That would be how, just yeah. that in and of itself is funny to me. I mean, send me that list because those are the pe- perfect people to get on the on the chair. Well, number one, Mike Pence. Yeah, no, he's not heard say. of Adult Swim. <laughs> yeah, right, and he's he's un, he's unemployed in two months, so he's un, he's he's available. <laughs> he's available. Yeah, yeah, he'd be great. I mean, oh my god, I would love. He'd be a champion guest. Uh, champion. He'd be one for the ages. We'd release a bunch of flies to land on his. We'd train <laughs> flies to land in his hair. <laughs> or you could be a fly instead of the octopus. You, I want your head. I want your head. I live I fall in your from head. The raptors. <laughs> I love. I love the octopus. That's like touches my heart. I love. I am the octopus. <laughs> There's people in that restaurant were not having it. Some of them were quite angry. They're upset. I mean, I was a nuisance. I mean, rightfully so. Their their anger is justified. I was a nuisance. I see. Here's the thing: what I what I like about uh, the, the show. Another thing I like is because I'm not a prank show guy. I like I don't like. I know it's a prank show, and I know you describe it as a prank show, but I don't see it as a, as a prank show because when I think of pranks, there's an inherent m- meanness to it, and your show's not mean ever. And like, like there's like. Um, I know people love punked. I know they love it. It's a huge hit. I get it. I could never watch. I, it made me so uncomfortable yeah. that I could never watch it. Maybe because the prank was so belabored yeah. without, without being funny, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. I, I never have that. I never have that feeling watching your show. Do, what, why do you think that that is? That's uh, by design. I mean, like we, we kind of learned this the hard way in the very beginning, like, uh, Pranks can't be malicious. Um, you know, a lot of comedy, the main, the main ingredients of comedy are intent and context. So you need to, you can't have malicious intent 
And there's got to be context and subtext. There's got to be, even if the bit itself is very, very dumb, there's got to be like a mind and an intelligence behind what you're doing. And I think just through our process, we kind of, after the writing, after we kind of have the first version of the script, me and my writing partner, Dan, and my director, Kitao, we'll, we, we will um, rehearse the shit out of every street bit and every... Uh, even even the pranks in the studio, like just to kind of carve away anything that feels mean or punching down or mean spirited. So it's like a lot of rehearsal and rewriting go into the process before we start shooting. And even even after we're done shooting and we're in the editing bay, if something feels kind of mean spirited and uh, gross, we'll we'll try to carve it out. We don't always like knock it out of the park, but like. Yeah, I just don't think the show would be watchable if it was mean-spirited or, or we were punching down, you know. Um, it's supposed to be, like, absurd. Pranks, pranks are supposed to be absurd, and you're supposed to be uh, distorting people's reality, and that's why it's, like, watchable and funny, not because you're being mean. So I think that's, I think that's right. the part is, the, is also the absurdity element. Like, when I watch Punked, it's not really that absurd. Like, no, the, your, right. yours is clearly other level of reality. People and that's what's fun is seeing people. That's and that's the wonder shows in part when you know where it's it's the talking puppet in the street asking people what they're you know who are jogging through Central Park. What are you running from? You know that's <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> I love that you know that uh, that that bit. That's such specific. You're a super fan. So, oh, super charmed fan. by that. I'm charmed by that. Oh, good. I, I mean. Listen, let's uh, whatever you're cooking up with those guys, I think you need um, a handsome asshole. That's kind of what I haven't been forced into doing in comedy. Um, I'm thinking about Wayne's World. Did you shoot any scenes with Wayne and Garth? Like, I feel like a lot of your scenes were isolated. Were you just shooting on? Did you ever get to? Was there a lot of crossover? Just like act three, right? I saw. No, no, I get. I have a great I, I, there's a great scene where I have to explain to Wayne and Garth w- w- at a at a at a Hawaiian themed restaurant why they should sign the rights to Wayne's World over to me, which always makes. Oh, me laugh yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And did you have a lot of scenes with Tia, Tia Carrere? Uh, I had I kind of I think my character was observing her from afar because that's what he secretly wanted. Most of my scenes were with with. um. Dana, Mike, and um, Brian Doyle Murray, who was the sort of investor I was trying right, to... Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming... Well, it's it's funny because, like, a lot of iconic movies, you'll be... You'll you'll you'll, you'll finally get, get a chance to talk to the actor that played the villain, and they'll be like, what was it like working with so-and-so and so-and-so? And they're like, I only shot with them one day because we only meet up in Act 3, you know... Dennis Hopper yep. and Keanu Reeves only shot like one day together on speed yeah. or whatever. I maybe mean, that, maybe that's a yeah. bad example, but like you don't think about it from a production standpoint because you're like, Oh yeah, they only overlap at the very end of act three and they have to be in the same scene. They finally meet up. So it's like it, the actor's always like, I don't know. I met that guy once 30 years ago. I, he seemed nice. I would talk to him for the 12 hours we shoot, shot and then we went home and, but you feel like, now, oh my God, they must have been like on tour together, like they're a band or something. Well, that's, that's now it's even yeah. even worse with movies. I I have friends who are in like Avengers movies, and th- some of them don't even know what movies they're in because they, <laughs> they're, honestly, they're like, am I in that movie? It's like because they they shoot one part for one movie while they're shooting this other movie, and then it's in a green screen, and this person yeah. isn't available, so they're going to put them, and they li- literally have no idea what movie they're even in anymore. That's right, and they're those. so they're so secretive with the scripts. They're only giving you like li- like sides, right? You don't they don't even have yeah. full. They're just getting it piecemeal and day of and like a lockbox oh. and shit like that, right? We, we we did that on Tommy Boy. Oh yeah, you know we. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know we only gave Farley the scenes that he was in because he was. He was untrustworthy with the plot, the intricate plotting of Tommy Boy. Yeah, we sort of started that trend. I'm glad to see that it's gone. You know, that might be Tommy Boy might be my favorite movie of all time. I think it's the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie theater. 
probably like t- tied with Borat, I'd say. That's oh, the really? Yeah. Boys, yeah. do you hear that? Hear that? The great Eric Andre <laughs> just said <laughs> that the hardest he's ever laughed in the movie theater, Tommy Boy over Borat, which is our personal your, other favorite. Any of your scenes. He didn't say your scenes. He, oh, they're saying he didn't say my scenes. <laughs> Can't win. Can't win. <laughs> Cannot win. And we'll be right back after this. Well, you know, no two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas, vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activity allow for such an infinite number of different travel experiences. I mean, I love Texas. I go like this. The people of Dallas, the culture of Austin, and I love any time I get there. If you're a beach person, well, you can go have fun in the sun with Texas 350 miles of coastline. If you're a rugged vacation type, there's campgrounds, hiking trails, state parks, golf is nuts there, foodies, you got your Texas barbecue and live music in Austin. And of course, if you're into the cowboy scene, you can certainly find it there. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom trip matched to their own unique interests. So visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters, yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and forget. Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I like it. Is that a little movie theater? Is this your little, you got a little movie theater going? There's the, nice. yeah, I got my little screen there, you know, and that's nice. where I watch lots of, I usually watch sports now though. It's like, I, I've gotten out of the habit of going to movies. This sounds awful, but I've, yeah. it's really hard for me to like, get it up to, to see a movie. I don't know what. It's hard, it's hard for me it, to get it up too, but that's because of the propicia. Come on. The propiche. The propiche. Dude, the, Let's do this. Is this is a, medical science is holding this together, dude? Propiche, baby, from the, the age of thirty. Let's propiche it up. Propiche, gotta get the hormone, gotta get the testosterone down so the hair comes up. <laughs> comes up. I know. I want the boner goes down so the hair goes up. It was a cho- it was a choice between my boner and my hair. And oh, I'm always choosing my hair. You kidding oh, me? Oh yeah, got to, got to. There's no life without it. I don't, do you understand people who you're, you're watching in real time as they're losing their hair? Yeah. And you're going, what's happening, LeBron James? What's, yeah. what's happening? What's, what's going on? 
LeBron James needs to go see uh, McConaughey's guy. Let's be real. He needs a better, he needs a better wizard. And McConaughey has been such an early adapter to all, all hair technology. He's, yeah. I mean, he, he, yeah. there were crazy pills he was taking and doing commercials for at one point. And, yeah. um, he's, he's, LeBron's not, LeBron's not going to the right guy. You need the, you need, you need the right guy. I know. Yeah. A couple of guys. LeBron, LeBron talk to me after the, after the podcast. Okay. I'll hook right? you up. I'm, I know a couple, I know a couple of, I got hair in my mouth. That's how effective my guy is. Screwing on your tongue. Screwing <laughs> on my tongue. Shit. <laughs> hair tongue. <laughs> That's the screen grab for this episode, you. <laughs> With the, <laughs> my, that's terrifying. That's it. That's it. That's, that's my, that's the, I'll play a character called hair tongue. I look really, really good <laughs> until I go, you know, the one thing. I put, <laughs> do you have hair on his Clip. tongue? <laughs> How did your show get on the air? That's the, I'll tell you what, this is why, like when I first watched SNL in 1975, when I watched Wonder Showson, when I watched your show, I had the same reaction, which is how the fuck did this get on the air? I mean, I and that's I what makes it great. My, I I still ask myself that about my own show, but uh, I don't know. Adult Swim is awesome. They have uh, this isn't to toot my own horn. They have good taste, and they let mm-hmm. they give me and all the show creators complete creative freedom. Um, I couldn't be at a more uh, nurturing network. They're just um, I don't know. They, they get, because, you know, the guy who founded Adult Swim, Mike Lazo, who's like my mentor, he's like my Obi-Wan Kenobi, he created Space Ghost, which I don't know if you ever saw that, but yes, that's a sure. very absurd psychedelic mock talk show. So <laughs> we have like a kinship. I don't know. You know, he, he's like my comedy dad. So I don't know. So when he saw the first kind of um, sizzle reel that we made on our own dime in an abandoned bodega in Brooklyn, uh, he was just charmed by it and gave us the green light. Thank God, because everybody else, we, we couldn't even get a meeting anywhere else. Like Comedy Central, IFC, FX, True TV, all the comedy networks comedy cable networks were like, no thanks. Like, didn't even want to... They were like, oh, that that looked cool, but no thanks. Like, didn't even want to meet with me. So, uh, thank God, Adult Swim was like, yes, please. And what what made you decide you were going to pay for it yourself? Well, um, I mean, that means like, it was a $300 budget thing that I shot in a rat's nest abandoned building. Um... I had no other choice. It wouldn't, like, if the show wouldn't translate through a script, I knew that it was, like, very, like, frenetic and psychedelic in its tone, so it needed to be filmed. So we filmed, we filmed some interviews and some monologues and some musical guests in this, like, abandoned building, and then we um, went out to this, like, Civil War reenactment, and I dressed like a slave my friend Jermaine and we like crashed a civil war reenactment. We aired that actually season one. We crashed a civil war reenactment with my friend, what white friend Sean, who like follows around with a whip and he was like, your name is Toby. And we were like, Kunta Kinte. And we were like running away from him and screaming through this real life civil war reenactment hidden camera. And uh, we did another hidden camera prank where I dressed like Ronald McDonald and I barged into a McDonald's in, in uh, Manhattan smoking a cigarette and I fired everybody behind the counter and I started drinking <laughs> whiskey and crying. And <laughs> so we, we filmed that stuff on our own and got it in the hands of the, the head of adult swim. It's, it's so, so great. I, I always think those stories are great for people to hear because today you can go out and shoot your own stuff. And sometimes you got to do that, particularly when the vision yeah. is so, um, so specific and original and that's what everybody wants anyway, but nobody wants to hire original or pay for it until they see it a lot right. of times. They're, yeah. It's hard to convince them until they see it. Yeah. 
And that's what I knew. I was like, this isn't, I, I can't just like build a, a little deck with like visuals and like have a script. It's not going to tramp. People are going to be like, huh? So I just felt like uh, my acting teacher had the best. She's like, you can't give people a reason to say no. You have to like every square inch of your choices and whatever you present has to be like undeniable. So they can't, they can't, well, I can't say no about that. They didn't fuck that up. He didn't fuck that up. I can't say no about that. And then they're like, like, don't give them a reason to say no. So that's kind of was my motto. It's, it's funny because that's what I, I always say to people who want to begin to produce and create their content is that you, what you have to realize is the people that you're going to go and try to get money from are looking for a reason to say no. They're never looking for a reason to say yes. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It's safer for them to say no, because if they say yes and give you a bunch of money and then you fuck it up or it gets fucked up, then it's their ass that gets fired. Executives get fired all the fucking time. So it's on them um, if something gets fucked up. So it's like safer for them to say no, job security was. So you got to give them like an undeniable... In, in, in any, not just pitching shows, but when you're auditioning, you know what I mean? You can't, the casting, you have to make, like, the casting director has to say yes, and the producers have to say yes. And, you know, everybody has to say yes until you get the job. Um, you just have to be, it's a pain in the fucking ass. Don't do it. If you're, if, look, look at me. I'm looking into my camera. Don't do this to yourself. Go to med school. Become a Jungian psychiatrist. I, th- boys, are, are you listening? I, I tried this. One of my sons listened. He's yeah. uh, went to law school and, and passed the bar as a law degree. And Smart. the other son went to Stanford and then decided coming out with straight A's that he wanted to be in this fucking business. So oh. I'm, I'm, I'm batting one 500. Blood. One listened and one didn't. <laughs> I, Get over here. I write for the show he's currently on. He's like, fuck you, dad. <laughs> he said he write he does have a job writing on for, for Ryan Murphy. And then Ryan put him on my show, figuring my actual son would be able to write proper dialogue for that. So That's he's got good. the job, but <laughs> he's giving you the middle finger. I would say this. I would say this. The, the, the advice isn't um, never try to be in show business. The best advice I got was from a songwriter, like this old school songwriter in Nashville, Tennessee, who said, Quit if you can, meaning if there's a burning in your soul where you just cannot quit and you have to do it, rather whether you succeed or fail, then then go forth. But quit if you can, I thought was an interesting way to articulate. And I'm also like, take my advice with a, a grain of salt. Who the fuck am I? But yeah, quit if you can. I'm a curator of 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 great quotes. And and inspirational things. I've never. That's amazing. I'm stealing yeah. that. I'm so stealing that. Yeah. When I my son brilliant. wants to get into acting, my daughter wants to be an actress. I want to be an. I'm like, quit if you can. Yeah. Stealing it. Yeah. Steal it. It's not mine. Take it. It's go. It's public domain. Go forth. Quit if you can. Who was the? Do you remember who the songwriter was? I'm kind of obscure. I, I don't. I went to a music school. I went to Berkeley College of Berkeley. Music and I yep. my senior trip was to Nashville, Tennessee and we met with all these songwriters and bluegrass people blah blah blah. And the one I I don't remember what his name was, but he was very he was kind of this very existential country songwriter who was he kind of looked like he looked like a nerdy gigantic Kenny Rogers. I think you described 90% of the songwriters I know in Nashville yeah. of that era. Yeah, like a Michael McDonald, white beard, white hair, kind of a Santa Claus thing, glasses, but bulky. He was like a gentle giant, and he was very existential. And then he said, quit if you can. And I really liked that. And I pivoted. I quit music, right? I like quit music towards the end of school and pivoted to comedy. What was your What was your instrument? I was an upright bass player. I prefer funny Eric Same. Andre to upright bass playing Same. Eric Andre. I think the Agreed. world thanks you. 
You want to see it? It's right down here. Here. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Give me a little something, something. Fuck, you, dude. Yeah. There it is. K- k- wait, I want to hear something. Can you give me something? I can. I can kind of play something shitty. I am like yeah. twenty years. Rusty. I like. I am twenty. I like twenty years rusty. Let me see. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. I have to co- wait. St- I've got a comment on that wallpaper. Oh, it's from the Beverly Hills Hotel. I know it is, but you think I don't yeah. know? Can I have a milkshake and a uh, a club a club sandwich, please? Uh, this is a Miles Davis song. It, it, it's not really shit. I mean, it doesn't sound like anything without the trumpet. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That, that was hundred and twenty thousand dollars to musical down the drain. Thanks, mom. Thanks, dad. Uh, where did you get? Do you, so you literally have the wallpaper from the Beverly Hills Hotel in your house. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's. How did you do this? This is. I'm. I, I'm obsessed with that wallpaper. Always have. I been. went to. I went to Beverly Hills Hotel. I just started ripping it off. Yeah. Ripping. No, you you can buy it at like West Elm or something. You know what I mean? Oh, really? I thought it was like a, a thing. No. Well, now yeah, it's not it's interesting. A thing. To me. It's a thing. It's a thing. But you can like buy it for six bucks on Amazon. <laughs> Oh, John Owen has a question. You don't need to write the question down. You can just be open about it. Oh, they want to yeah. hear about the yeah. RNC with Alex, Alex Jones. Jones so you, you, when you crash the Alex Jones rally, it looks like he's down to clown and then kind of goes, what? Yeah, well, that was blind luck. We literally hopped out of our passenger van to just shoot some like warm up material. And this is before Trump got elected. So all the MAGA people were kind of still on the fringe. Alex Jones was fringe. None of those guys were mainstream yet. So I wasn't as to, and it was a bikers for Trump rally. It was like a bunch of hell's angels, dude, open carry state. All those guys were armed to the T, but I was just like, going to kind of walk around the crowd. I had this like long mic trying to interview, um, Alex Jones from the audience with this gigantic cartoonish boom, microphone thinking I would just get shooed away. And that was it. And then out of nowhere, he goes, bring the daily show guy up here. I don't know who he thought, if he thought I was Trevor Noah or, or Wyatt Sinek. <laughs> I, I still don't know. He said, get the daily show guy up here. Like he's not going to razz me. I'll razz him about politics. And then my mind goes, just say, don't say anything about politics. Just go. I want you to fuck my wife. Here's my hotel room key. I don't care about politics. I'm just here for you to fuck my wife. And uh, he didn't know how to cope with that. It was the best way to get under his skin. And they were not happy with me. That was kind of like, I don't know if I go into something that dangerous again. <laughs> Before COVID, we were going to go back to the RNC um, in you know, this year. But uh, uh, there was no RNC. I mean, there was like a weird digital RNC or whatever that was. The best is yet to come! <laughs> <laughs> there was that lady. She would have been my Alex Jones this year, but I do think you um you need to work your way through that organization though, for sure, because that's not a big demo for Adult Swim. So you know yeah. they haven't watched any of it, right? Uh, I mean, we've tried to get politicians on the show every season and it's very, very difficult to get them into the studio. What Sasha Baron Cohen does, which is brilliant, and kind of like once you're like, Oh yeah, no shit, why don't I do that? He goes to them. He's always like getting a hotel room in Washington, D.C. He's going to like their stomping grounds and and being like, oh, you know, we'd love to interview you. You're great. Really, Rudy Giuliani or whoever. Um, So we don't have the budget to go (laughs) to go to them. But, uh, yeah, we can't get them to come to us. Um, It's been kind of impossible. Who's your dream? Who's your dream guest in the acting world? Bill Cosby. No. Bill Cosby is innocent. 
The octopus is a big fan. The octopus is on his side. The octopus is a big fan of the cause. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, Bill Cosby, O.J. Simpson, um, uh, Keith Raniere, the Nexium cult leader, uh, Casey Anthony, uh, Donald Trump. Um, Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I really like like people that you would never think. Like Sam Elliott would be a huge get for me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. That's Meryl a great Street. one. Glenn Cl- Glenn Close would be amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Fish out of water. You wouldn't like yes. the person you would least expect, but is like kind of like very high status. That's like my kind of my ideal guest. Yeah, Glenn um, Close, come on down. Glenn Close, come on down. What can we yeah. do to get you to host the Golden Globes? Uh, anything. I mean, you got my vote. You, I don't know who you got to. <laughs> Convinced. I don't know who the Hollywood foreign press is. I never understand who any of these people are. I don't know who the Academy is. They're like, are they? Do they wear cloaks and they meet at like Masonic temples? Like, it's like I, the I eyes know. wide shut. It's like eyes wide shut. <laughs> That's what the Academy is. <laughs> totally. So I don't know who you got to talk. I try to take Ellen's job. I know she's your neighbor. She lives in Santa Barbara, I think, or somewhere. Yeah, close. she's she's up here. She was yeah. That petition. I think I think you were close. I was close. So you talk, maybe you can talk Ellen into letting me substitute, substitute teach the class. I think, I know she has like Sean Hayes come in every once in a while. Why not you? Yeah. I, I think I would watch. Agreed. As would I. Okay. I have my homework for today. I know who I'm calling. <laughs> yes. When yes. I get off of here, I'm calling Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to start lobbying for the octopus to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. I think, I think this is good. I think there's going to be a huge spike now from yeah. my podcast listeners who are like this octopus thing, this mm-hmm. obscure octopus reference <laughs> and, and wonder shows in are all going to have, listen, I don't recommend shit on the show unless I'm really, really into it. So that's, that's well, the, the good part. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And we appreciate you. My boys are, I've gotten such brownie points from my boys. They, I literally, t- I texted them and said, I'm, I'm interviewing uh, Eric Andre tomorrow in all caps. You are fucking kidding! Exclamation mark. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I have such a, uh, such power over the youth. I should really start a cult. I'm really, I'm really squandering this opportunity. Or at least get a Doritos ad. Out of it. Yes. Something. Something. Doritos ad, cult, Ellen <laughs> show. I mean, you know. <laughs> K- I, I, Casey I think... Anthony interview. <laughs> Maybe oh. I have Casey Anthony and Glenn Close on the couch at the same time. I like it. Just spit, spitballing. It's all good. You've given me a lot to think about. You've given me a lot to do. Uh, I got to deal with the Golden Globe people today. Um, and remember, quit, call. quit. Quit if you can. Remember that. And quit Quit if you. I'm getting a T-shirt made of it. <laughs> I'm gonna open an acting studio, and then there people are gonna pay and come, and I'm just gonna go quit if you can. Mic drop, leave. Yeah, smart, smart. By the way, you, that's more than you would learn in six fucking months of an acting. Hundred percent school. Hundred <laughs> percent. There's been a lot to unpack here. I knew it. I knew it would be great. And it was great. And you were great. Thank you, man. This is fantastic. And um, I will, I'll see you on season five at some point. Let's figure this out. Yeah. I'll come see you. Sounds good. Absolutely. All right, brother. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was Ciao. awesome. Thanks, Eric. Okay. Bye, bye low. Bye, low, sons. Bye-bye. You bet. I don't know about you, but I had so much fun just now. And I have a quote. I love when I hear good quotes. I can't tell you. It, it just, it makes my day. Quit if you can is 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 transcendent for me, truly. But um, it doesn't surprise me that I would get that from Eric Andre, who is, you know, one of the smartest, funniest people in comedy out there, period. And I'm thrilled that he was on the show. And I'm more 
happy that I impressed my boys again. I'm cool for a minute. I'm cool for the entire 15 steps of walking out of this room into the other part of our house where I'm just stupid out of it, dad again. But for this moment, I'm cool again. Thank you, Eric Andre. You have been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe. Produced and engineered by me, Devin Tory Bryant. Executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile. Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Stitcher. The supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Talent producer, Jennifer Samples. Please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there. But when I, when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's, I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires.